Hey there. Welcome to Walkin' and Talkin' with Chad. Today we're going to be talking about faith. And to talk about faith, we'll follow a particular outline. And that outline will be, what is it? Where does it come from? What is it good for? What about faith in God? And how can I have it? How can I have faith? So that's the outline we'll follow. And my apologies to my four listeners out there. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I've put a podcast out. So thank you for listening. I had hoped to put episodes out more often, and I do hope to put episodes out more often in the future. But like with probably all of you, the pandemic has interrupted things a bit. I think with the last episode, if there is a God, why is there coronavirus? I had stated there were 50 cases in the U.S., and now there are over 600,000, I believe. So needless to say, it's quite a situation. So faith. Let's take a look at the first question. Faith. What is it? For a straight-out definition of faith, I like the definition that faith is readiness to act as if something were true. Another word we can use for faith is trust. I think faith gets misappropriated, misdefined, misused. There's a lot of confusion around what faith is. And so I think a good word for understanding faith is trust. Trust in something. Going back to our definition, readiness to act as if something were true, it's because we trust that that thing is true. A simple example I like to use often is a chair. We trust in a chair. We have learned that most chairs will support us. We observe a chair. We've had experience with a chair, and we have faith in that chair to hold us when we sit down. In fact, many of us have faith in that chair to be there, even though we don't keep our eye on it when we sit down. We have experience. We're ready to act as if it's true that that chair will still be there that I saw one second ago when I go to sit down. And so we trust. I would also say that I think there can be good faith and bad faith. Good faith would be when that trust matches what is true, when it matches reality. That is a good faith. It's a solid faith. It will stand up to the test. Bad faith would be faith that is, let's say, a blind faith, faith that has no basis in reality, faith that is trusting something without any reason to do so, even contrary to reason. I think that would be blind faith and not necessarily good faith. Bad faith would be when we try to make something true by believing it so. And that just doesn't work. That doesn't match up with reality. So what is faith? Faith is a readiness to act as if something were true. Faith is trust based on knowledge and experience. And that leads us to where does faith come from? Well, faith comes from what we believe, and what we believe comes from what we know, and what we know comes from our learning and experience. So let's take, for example, maybe a more controversial example, but one that's going to be timely here, vaccines. Where does our faith or lack of faith in vaccines come from? Well, it comes from what we believe about vaccines. And where does what we believe about vaccines come from? It comes from what we know about vaccines or what we think we know, and that comes from what we've learned. That can come from good sources or bad sources, and what we learn can be true or not true, or a mixture of truth and untruths. So for our faith, it becomes very important what we learn and what we know, as that impacts what we believe. If we don't know the science, the usage, the goodness of vaccines, 
if we don't trust in the institutions that are coming out with the vaccines, then it's going to be very hard for people to have faith or trust in those vaccines or that they'll work. But in order for people to have the necessary faith and trust, it's going to be very important for good information coming from trustworthy people and institutions to be disseminated and taught so that the trust can be built, the faith that they'll be more helpful than harmful. And that's where faith comes from, from the knowledge we have and believing that knowledge to be good and true. That leads us to question number three. What is it good for? What is faith good for? Well, Faith allows us to operate in life. Faith allows us to sit down in the chair without having to keep our eye on it. Faith allows us to drive our cars and trust that when it's a green light, other people will stop at their red lights. Faith allows us to have better teeth. Right? Faith allows us to trust in the knowledge that our dentists have gained and enables us to go into their offices and make ourselves vulnerable to them putting these metal tools in our mouths and chiseling away at our teeth, drilling holes and filling holes. So the knowledge that we have of the world around us allows us to believe in things that will be good for us, things that will work, and allows us to have that trust to operate in the world. That leads us to question four. What about faith in God? And I would say that faith in God is really no different than faith in anything else. Faith in your dentist, faith in a chair. Faith in God, too, comes from our learning and our experience about God and with God. Now, unfortunately, that can be both bad and good as well. We may have had some bad experiences with people or institutions in the name of God. We may have some knowledge that we think about God that may be true or not true. And we may have had parental figures that influenced our thinking about God in one way or the other. There are a lot of factors in play as well when it comes to trusting God. But still, faith in God is dependent on our learning and experience with God. Just like learning to drive, learning how to trust other drivers, just like learning to trust a dentist with slowly getting into that chair, not getting a root canal from day one, hopefully. <laughs> To have good faith in God, we need to seek out good and true knowledge of God. And in doing so, that would in turn allow us to operate in this world in a good and trusting relationship with God. Just like we can operate in this world in a good and trusting relationship with chairs. But again, that's going to be determined and swayed by the level of our knowledge and understanding of God. That leads to the final question in our outline about faith. How can I have it? How can I have faith in God? Well, let's start with how can I have faith, period, in anything. And I would again say we build up our faith in anything by learning about it, finding out what's true, dipping our toe in the water, experiencing that thing firsthand, hopefully in small ways first, and then growing in bigger ways of our trust, just like we do in, let's say, dating relationships. We build trust up slowly, and ultimately, if the relationship continues in a mutually trusted way end up committing our lives to each other. And so likewise with God, one needs to follow a similar pattern like they would with a relationship with another person. One could ask questions, starting with, who are you? Uh, what do you like? What do you not like? How old are you? Right? That's a very valid question. Hey God, how old are you? Answer would be, I am. So <laughs> 
How old are you, God? Yes, I am. We, we may not understand the answers right away, but they may pique our curiosity and lead us into more questions about God. Next question could be, what do you mean? And before you know it, you're in a conversation with God. You're, you're seeking different answers and new questions arise. And you get intrigued about this person and this being and you go through many of the different stages of relationship. You get infatuated and you're just on fire. You, you want to learn all this information. You can't believe you haven't been in this relationship before. and You want nothing more in your life and it's just the best thing ever. And then the infatuation can die away and you enter into another stage of the relationship. And maybe you start asking other questions. Teach me more about yourself. You might ask, what would you do in this situation, God? But along the way, you start to make informed decisions about trusting God and not just trying to conjure up some faith in something that you don't really believe in the first place. The work that really needs to take place to have faith in God is at the idea level where we work through our ideas about God and we try to make sense of God and the world around us. And we do it with God. We, we ask him. And then perhaps we start to act upon some simpler, safer ideas that God teaches. For example, maybe we run across the proverb that says something like, here's a good one, even a fool seems wise if he doesn't speak. So maybe we're like, hmm, let me try that one. Let me not talk for once and see if I look wise. <laughs> I'll tell you a little story here. This was a long time ago, but I was once in a meeting at work and I really had no idea what to contribute. So I didn't say a word, but towards the end of the meeting, the dean turned to me and said, Chad, what do you think about this? <laughs> and the way he asked it was in such a way that, that he thought I really had something to say about it and I was just holding it back. But honestly, I had nothing to say. I had just remained quiet. But because I didn't say anything, I think my response actually received more weight and significance than if I had said something right away. For some, though, maybe you might run across a proverb that speaks about talking for a change and not holding back your words, such as iron sharpens iron or trustworthy are the wounds of a friend. Maybe we take that step of actually talking, of actually saying something for a change and taking that risk of speaking up in a situation. But whatever we do, the point is we act in a small way on what God is teaching us at that time. And for each of us, that's going to be something different as obviously each of us are different. But God, knowing us inside and out, will know how best to train us for life. And so that's why it's important to walk with God in this experience of trying to learn faith in him and trying to have trust in him. It's going to come from that personal experience. To sum up, how can I have faith in God? Start with asking. Ask questions of God. Seek Seek out answers to those questions. Seek out good information. Know that not all teachers out there are good teachers, but find good ones that you can trust that seem to speak truthful, sincere, and whose lives themselves match what they're teaching. Jesus put it this way, you'll be able to tell them apart, the good teachers from the bad, by their fruit. What does their own life produce? Does it produce good fruit, kindness, goodness, love, patience, peace, generosity? Or does their own life produce bad fruit? Are they impatient, cruel, unkind, not generous, things like that? And then finally, knock. Ask, seek, knock. 
Knock meaning to act, to go deeper in what you're learning, to try to implement what you're learning. And through that, your faith, your trust in God will grow. As another example, we can take Israel and the Sabbath or the day of rest. So the original intent of the Sabbath was to grow Israel's trust in God, really to grow their faith in God. Israel, at the time the Sabbath was given, was in a new relationship with God. They were just starting to learn who God was. And God wanted to slowly teach them that they could trust him, they could have faith in him to provide. And so God implemented the Sabbath. Originally, the Sabbath came about when Israel was in the wilderness after the exodus from Egypt and they didn't have much food and God gave them manna and the manna came six days a week and on the seventh day the manna didn't come and each day Israel was to go out and gather enough manna for that day and on the sixth day they were to gather twice as much and so here's how God started to slowly grow their faith. If in any of those first days they gathered more than they needed, it would rot by the next day. Get all maggoty and gross. But on that sixth day, when they gathered more than enough, it wouldn't decompose on the next day. It would stay good. And in so doing, God enforced a day of rest, saying, on that seventh day, you should do no work. I want you to learn to trust me that I can provide for you. And so for 40 years in the wilderness, Israel was in this training, this mandatory enforced Sabbath. And then after Israel crossed over the Jordan and entered the land that was promised, the manna stopped. But God said to Israel, now continue to remember the Sabbath to keep it set apart that you will remember to trust me. And to this day, the Sabbath is still a very important part of that trusting God, that symbol of we trust you will provide for us by taking a day where we don't work. So you can see God uses this same baby step in teaching people to trust him in building up that knowledge and experience about him. As a final example, I think I'd use Star Wars. I like Star Wars movies for a lot of reasons. Matrix movies too. But in Star Wars, this last movie, if we take a look at Rey and her learning the ways of the Force, of learning to trust the Force, have faith in the Force, if you will, it doesn't come in one day. Rey trains. She learns about the Force. She asks questions. She seeks out Luke to be trained by him, and she engages in small acts of trusting or using the force that build up her capabilities to operate with force or to operate in life with this trust and this faith. But Ray, like us with God, or with chairs, or with dentists, or any other number of things where we have to operate in trust, Ray's presented with a number of different worldviews. She's presented with the dark side. She has forces and Ren trying to pull her over to that side. Uh, she has influences on the good side trying to teach her about that side. And eventually, Ray has to make a decision between these different views. And she has to do that based on her knowledge and experience. She even comes up against her own family lineage. She's a Palpatine. And eventually she does choose. She has seen the way of the Jedi. She has seen the way of the Sith. She's learned the way of the Jedi. She's also learned some of the ways of the Sith. But then she decides the way of the Jedi is the good, loving, kind, true way that will last, that she wants to be a part of. And so she leaves her Palpatine lineage behind and takes on the name of Skywalker. And that's not all that much different from what we do when we enter into trusting God and faith in God. 
A lot of times that's denying our own lineage, denying our own bloodline, and taking on a different name, a name that we've found to be good and true based on knowledge and experience. Going back to the Israel example, that's where you get God making the statement, you shouldn't take my name in vain. God wants Israel to seriously contemplate and be serious and intentional and know what they're getting into when you take on that name, when you take on the name of God, just as Ray was when she took on the name of Skywalker. I think I want to leave you with one final comment on faith, because so often the idea of faith can still be confusing. And what I want to get across is the idea that faith isn't just a letting go. We often hear about blind faith, taking a leap of faith, and I don't think those are accurate because faith isn't just a letting go or a leap, but faith is a grabbing on of something else. We trusted one thing, and now we start to trust something else. Faith is a, a shifting of trusts, a shifting of allegiance. If we have a, a new faith, we're changing what we're trusting in. So faith isn't just a letting go, but a grabbing on of something else, a trade, a shifting of your trust from one place to another. So in this time, as a lot of our lives are being disrupted, shaken, and stirred, that's going to challenge a lot of our ideas, a lot of what we've had faith in, what we've had trust in previously, whether it's finances, worldly goods, various institutions, people. So instead of just doubling down on that trust that's been shaken, take this opportunity to seek, to ask, to acknowledge disappointments, and perhaps find new places to place your hope. And I would ask that you consider God in that mix, that you'd give him a chance to prove himself worthy of your trust by engaging in a relationship with him, asking questions, seeking answers, and starting to engage in some small ways with him. Well, thanks for listening, as always. And if you have any ideas, things you'd like to hear discussed on Walkin' and Talkin', please don't hesitate to let me know. You can email me at chad at chadborsma.com. You can find me on Twitter at chadborsma. Or you can find me on Instagram at chadborsma. And we'll talk again real soon. Music